0: our Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every
1: day. Okay, here we are in another Locked On Podcast Network crossover episode. I'm joined by Brad Bear the host of Locked On Rams. I'm Brian Peacock, host of Locked on 49ers. Always love getting together with the other hosts on the network and uh, it's always a lot of fun talking with Bear. So welcome Bear to the show. How you doing man?
0: Uh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Like we just said, kind of off mic. It's just I'm out in Chicago. Just got back into civilization. Getting caught up in football. Being excited about uh, how close we are to another divisional matchup. Not one that when we talked in the offseason what we really thought where we would be at this point. But Mm -hmm. it's exciting nonetheless. We saw when the Rams went up and played uh, Seattle up in their stadium that, you know, we got a bigger fight than what we expected. And so lots of stuff to talk about today.
1: Yeah. And the, the NFL tends to do that. I know a lot of 49ers fans are down, but it, it's you have to remind people that this league will flip you flip you on your ear when, when you think you know exactly what's going to happen. And the 49ers almost pulled one out on Monday Night Football, beating uh, the, the Packers on the road nearly did it but the 49ers seem to find a way to lose by 3 points every time so i think i'm going to just pick the 49ers to lose by 3 every uh every game the rest of the season because <laughs> that's about what it's what what it comes down to they they seem to have that ability to lose right now looking at the lines the rams are favored even though the 49ers are home uh that is by 10 points the rams are favored obviously the rams are unbeaten it is not a primetime matchup any longer which is probably very dis I bet the the Rams are more angry about it than the 49ers because they didn't have anything to do with it (laughs) you know they're you're undefeated and you're sitting there like well what else do we got to do and I think it would still be a pretty good matchup so uh but I think it's just that they didn't want the 49ers to be on so many primetime matchups down the stretch if they weren't going to be very good and so I understand why the league would want to do that but this matchup I think is it could still be a lot of fun
0: no I totally agree with you and uh, you had kind of mentioned about your loss this last week, which was heartbreaking. And I actually talked to my brother because I was playing him in fantasy football. I was down by like 62 points. I didn't even watch the game because I just figured I checked in on the score. And he goes, you know, you know, let Brian know one. I feel his pain. I had to watch that game. <laughs> and you guys had it one at many times. But Aaron Rodgers just did what Aaron Rodgers did. And I got a fantasy win by one point. He texted me the next morning. I thought I was just had no shot and uh, came back and beat him in fantasy. But he's like, tell him I feel his pain. That should have been a W for the Niners. So uh, you're right, though, coming into this week on how this matchup can play out and be pretty well. And there were a lot of Rams fans that were pretty upset that we got our primetime matchup because, you know, some of the fans on the East Coast and they think, wow, I finally get to watch my team in primetime and it's taken away. But I don't think that's going to take anything away from the game. Another big spread for the Rams I think they were favored on the road in Denver and then on the road in Seattle as well. Both those games came to be pretty close. So when the Rams are favored by a lot of points, it really doesn't seem to help them in that direction, at least in the last few games. But um, it's going to be a fun matchup for sure anytime those two teams get together.
1: Yeah, and the 49ers, not only was it uh, important for them to stay close in a tough environment on the road at Lambeau Field, but... To prove that they can just hang with teams. And so I think that's a big confidence boost just for the locker room and the team. And C.J. Beathard played his best football. It helped for him to have his best weapon, which is now Marquise Goodwin. And I think it's pretty clear that Marquise Goodwin is the number one weapon for the 49ers offense. He looked really healthy. Uh, He's explosive. So I think that's a huge thing for the 49ers. And they can run the ball on just about anybody. Uh, They're number three in the league in rushing yards per game. Tied for second. Uh, but the Rams are also a very good running team. I think the Rams are the only team ahead of the 49ers right now in yards per carry. The The 49ers are rushing at about 5.1 per clip right now. And uh, Matt Breida, a big part of that. And Raheem Mostert even had a really nice game last week. So the 49ers can run the ball. You've got a big play weapon in Marquise Goodwin. Uh, that's, that's a good start at least offensively with the, with the way the offensive line has been playing. And that's really solidified the offense is, is the play of the offensive line. So, uh, looking at what that offensive line is going to be going up against some monsters there on the Rams defensive line. Have they been as advertised so far?
0: You know, uh, the first couple games, yes. Uh, the middle section, not so much last week. It seems like they got their footing a little bit better. Uh, we held Denver under a hundred yards. I think that, and I have to double check this, but I think that's the first time we've done that all season as far as against the rush. And Talking about how you had mentioned, you know, Burita and that running attack that we're going to have to face up with is still a little scary, I think, for us in Rams Nation. As we look at it, uh, we saw some improvement. But once we start to see back-to-back production there, we are starting to see our, our, you know, some of the big guys up front, like Aaron Donald and Sue, really do what we thought they were going to do as far as creating pressure on the quarterback. Um, And there were signs of, you know, seeing uh, that run defense get better. But I think that's still going to be one of our big... Um, you know, scary points of the team as you look forward throughout the rest of the year. And and it's going to be a great matchup to have a team in the division come in who, you know, lean heavy on the run. There's no better time to really get, you know, really to get some practice and, and get better in that area. So we'll see how that matchup happens. And you mentioned, uh, you know, the play of CJ Beathard and, you know, having one of his best performances. I, I want to I give him a little credit because I feel like for stepping in, in you know the the unfortunate situation that he's done overall not too bad, right? I know they just signed Tom Savage. Are they starting to kind of is that more for depth or are they actually starting to be like, well, this may not be long term. We need to, you know, if we're gonna be in this position, maybe we can throw a couple other guys in there. Do you think it's his job still for the foreseeable future?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The from what Kyle Shanahan says, Tom Savage is actually gonna be the number three guy even behind Nick Mullins. Okay. So I thought one of those guys would at least go to the practice squad, which would likely be Nick Mullins, because with all the injuries the 49ers have, it's hard to carry three quarterbacks. But I think uh, the thinking is from Shanahan is that that Savage has some NFL experience, and C.J. Beathard is a tough guy, and he will eventually get hurt is kind of the idea because just the way he plays and his style of play, he takes a lot of shots. Uh, But the the good thing for C.J. Beathard is you're seeing that growth, and you're seeing that development. And he looked a lot better in the pocket this week compared to last week. So it's been really up and down. His first start was like, okay, he did all right. And then the next game, even though he threw it 54 times, he just took a pounding, uh, didn't feel pressure in the pocket, didn't step up, didn't check down, didn't get rid of the ball quickly. He was a different guy this week in Green Bay. And so that was really nice to see, to see that development happen. You know, development curves aren't linear. I talk about that a lot on locked on 49ers and it's definitely been the case with cj Bethard. it's been up and down but last week was probably on monday night football his best outing as a pro and he was getting rid of the ball quicker only got sacked a couple of times the the 49ers offensive line did a good job he found his weapons and i think it really helped to have marquise goodwin out there for
0: him yeah that is going to be a good matchup and you talked about the the quarterback and goodwin back out there uh creating some havoc What we'll do is we'll actually, we'll take a break right now. We'll get some words from our sponsors. And when we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit more about your defense and what the Rams can expect offensively in that matchup. We'll be right back with more of the Lockdown Crossover with Brian from Lockdown 49ers and myself, Bear, from Lockdown Rams.
1: Another big line at my bookie, 49ers are underdogs by 10 points. This week, I think you could put a little action on the 49ers I like the way they're playing right now. I like uh, I like what they're showing out there. But the truth is, I don't know who's going to win. But if you think, you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to go to my bookie. They've been in the business for years. They have great reviews online and their mobile site is super easy to use. So lay down some cash. And win big today. They have in-game live betting. They have rewarding player perks. The best in the business there. And for you fantasy guys out there. You can even bet on the over under for how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. And MyBookie will match your first deposit 100% up to $1,000. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E and don't forget to use promo code On when creating your account to claim that bonus matched deposit on your first deposit up to $1000. At MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Okay, so let's yeah, let's look at the other side of the ball there. We talked about the 49ers offense a little bit going against the Rams defense and let's let's flip the script here and look at what's been going going on the other side of the ball obviously Todd Gurley has been ridiculous for the Rams he's been a monster uh, as advertised and maybe a little bit more just the the perfect specimen at running back he's got breakaway long speed he's got such vision and such great feet and feel for small spaces for a big running back that's the the thing that I think is most impressive about Todd Gurley uh, what what is it like having Todd Gurley on your on your football team as a fan watching the Rams
0: oh my gosh you're right it's, uh, you know you can line him up and and he's such a you know important piece that he also brings so much attention to him so you watch a lot of plays being broken down of the Rams and and the formations that they're running out of uh has been you know just incredible they do a lot of 11 scheme formations where they've got you know three wide receivers and to be able to run out of that and be successful obviously a lot still goes to the offensive line but McVay puts all those guys in positions. I watched this play in Denver where he picked up 18 yards, and they broke down the play. It was basically saying, look at some of these big, huge linemen are getting upfield on these linebackers and safeties and allowing matchups, and you're taking guys like Von Miller out of the play with scheme, so one of your best players isn't even involved in that play, and he goes, and, and then you just let Todd Gurley do what he does and go pick up the big yardage. But uh, the touchdowns really, again, is what you know will separate him from the pact is it's kind of interesting he actually after six weeks has uh scored more offensive touchdowns than four nfl teams that being buffalo <laughs> tennessee oakland and arizona wow. and has tied five other teams so um you know he's really setting up that mvp campaign again uh, as he leads the league in rushing and you talked about that average yard per carry it really helped that he put up 200 <laughs> yesterday or, uh, on Sunday, but you're right. He, he's a special player to have. And then when you look at the big scheme and you step back is you're like, he's potentially MVP candidate, but Jared Goff is right on that same path. The last couple of games, he struggled a little bit. Um, but the numbers that he's put up early in the season, if he can find that rhythm again, I think he's top three in passing. Uh, so he's doing a lot of things that uh, it's kind of pick your poison. You know, you can stop this guy, but then you got to stop these guys. So that's, what's been fun about watching the Rams offense but if you look at the matchups and you know some of the some of those teams or some of the players on your team talk to me a little bit about your defense and the injuries that are going on and maybe even a little bit about Richard Sherman and how you felt about how he's played so far this season.
1: Uh, the 49ers defense is very interesting because there's a couple of things they do really well and everything else has been sort of a disaster. Uh, they they've they've got some big bodied defensive linemen so a lot of hybrid end tackle types and that's very good for stopping the run and a, a young pair of dynamic linebackers in reuben foster and fred warner who still i don't think are, are are hitting on all cylinders together i think that will continue to grow the rookie fred warner's got the the green dot on his helmet he's the communicator out there and that, that's a big mm. you know that, that's a tough ask for a rookie and i think they have screwed up a few things and they talked about it this week. He he took the blame on a couple of plays because they wanted to make some post-snap changes. And just the defense has been really bad at at getting after the quarterback and then covering guys aside from Richard Sherman. You asked about Sherman. Uh, he's been as good as he's ever been. He's been unreal. Uh, I think the number before last week was he's given up one reception per 146 snaps. And the next closest was, I think, Akeem Talib with 20. So that's right. where he's at with 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 uh, not only is he playing well, he's he's such a cerebral guy and he knows the scheme inside and out and he's running routes for people. He knows route combinations. He's just and he's so good at breaking on the ball, too. But th- along with that, he's just not getting targeted because teams are like, well, let's not waste time. And you saw it on Monday Night Football. Devontae Adams just lining up on the left side and, and torching the 49ers. So. Uh, that's a big problem is covering the guys on the opposite side of Richard Sherman. And then they've been banged up in the secondary and Joukowsky Tart and Adrian Colbert haven't really played as good as they played down the stretch last year. So really it's been Sherman's been awesome. DeForest Buckner has been awesome. And aside from that, they're really still trying to figure things out. And a lot of people are calling for Robert Sala's head because he's the defensive coordinator and they've just been Mm -hmm. a little bit out of sync and out of sorts on defense. And there there's, I think an opportunity for them to really start playing a lot better and be more sound in the scheme, but there seems to be a breakdown every week. It was it was Adrian Colbert on the first play on defense, uh, letting a 75-yard touchdown pass go over his head, and that's just the one thing you can't do in the cover three scheme is not be home in center field, and there was a breakdown where a Marquez Valdez-Scanling was completely uncovered on Monday Night Football in the first drive, so a lot of miscommunications and stuff like that. That's hurt the defense aside from uh, not being able to get after the quarterback. And that that's been the tough thing is them not being able to stop drives, not being able to get teams off the field on third down when they have been able to stop the run on first and second down.
0: Yeah. It's gotta be frustrating to watch as, you know, as you talk about the communication, because you you see players make plays and then, you know, with lack of communication, the offense is able to take advantage of certain situations and, uh, you know, we're dealing with a little bit of the same with, you know, gathering a bunch of new guys in the offseason, having them communicate. And then we've had some up and down as far as injuries as well. So a lot of guys are rotating in. So we've seen a little bit of that on our defense side. And I think that will continue until we really get a, a really good flow. And, and you also mentioned about that green dot. We've got Corey Littleton, uh, who is our green dot. And, you know, it's his first year as far as being that vocal, um, you know, quarterback of the defense in a sense. And he's done a really good job. Uh, taking that that on because that is a lot of work when you're going back and forth, uh, you know, with those players. but uh, defensively, um, you know, I guess it's a ten point spread. Uh, when you see this matchup, what do you look at for the for the what do you look at for the forty nineers defense to walk away from the game and be like, you know we that's you know we can be proud and hang our hat on that defensively.
1: I think being able to uh, and, and this is one of the fun things about this matchup, and it should be this way for a long time, is the Kyle Shanahan versus Sean McVay angle. So I think for right. the 49ers is just to be able to play sound. And 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 really, I think it's the play action that could kill them because I think they're going to do everything they can to stop Todd Gurley. And it's a, it's all gas, no breaks. That's the mantra from Robert Sala in the 49ers defense. So hopefully they don't get just gassed, which has happened a few times chasing around Todd Gurley then be susceptible to everything else that can that can come from that and so Sean McVay could do a number on the 49ers if they're they're out on the field a lot and the 49ers defense is starting to uh to you know just start to slow down and you can see it cuz they want to play hard they want to play fast and, and I think it's hurt them not only in mis, mis- miscommunications and uh, missing some plays and not being sound within the scheme but also just getting tired and then all of a sudden now you've got the monster in Gurley and you've been out there and then just getting run over in the second half so that that's what I would look to is being able to stop the run early and not just be out there all day long and get off the field I think that's the number one key and uh, the the second key is well really so we talked a lot about Todd Gurley and how amazing he is but I want to talk a little bit about Jared Goff, because what are the 49ers facing there? Because he's obviously taken a huge step here under Sean McVay in his second year in his system. Uh, what has the development been like for Jared Goff? What 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 are the strengths? What are the weaknesses? Because I love the way he could sling it out of Cal, but he was such a young player. It looks like he's really starting to, to, to be the guy. And that's a scary combination when you have a great offensive coordinator, a great quarterback, a good running game, and maybe the best running back in the league. I mean, how do you even stop that?
0: Yeah, it's been super fun to watch him develop, and, you know, you heard a lot this year going around about system quarterback, and it's funny, I think he, him and Sean McVay, neither are bothered by that, you know, like uh, Jared Goff at one point said, isn't that the job to listen to your coordinator and listen to your head coach and be really good? Like, if that's what I am, then sure, okay, awesome, uh, but yeah, he's done so many things well, he's he's not only uh, thrown the ball well with accuracy, but deep down, down. Deep down the field, he's been able to pick up chunks at a time. I think that's what makes this offense so fun. And you talked about that play action. He's one of the best in the league coming off play action. It helps when you have, you know, MVP candidate Todd Gurley behind you. Uh, But, you know, they have to, you know, appreciate – they have to really respect that. Uh, And then he's able to take advantage. Another thing I love that he's really seen over time is not only his maturity and his leadership, which you hear from the players as they talk about, you know, how – not – So much serious he is, but how focused he is and not overly excited or, you know, overly emotional. Like when we picked up that first down on that fourth down play up in Seattle to win the game, he came up and did this big like Tiger Woods fist pump. And everyone was like, oh, my gosh, look at all that emotion (laughs) from that man. And, you know, that's that's about as much as you're going to get. But it really helps. Uh, But the way he moves in the pocket is another thing I just continue to be so impressed by. Um, I think they've only given up about three or four sacks on him, and, and he's taken almost all the credit as being the reason why. Uh, but other than that, he just can slide so well and be able to you know buy some time. He's not fast or you know even probably in that mobile quarterback, but he's sneaky as far as getting out and keeping a play extended. So watching him just in his really second full year of starting, uh, just being able to take ownership of that offense, and hearing him talk, it's like uh, McVay, you know, coming out you know he's the second version of them really because they're the the verbiage they use the focus on football one day at a time it's very cliche stuff but it's working for them and and it's been a lot of fun to watch and you're right that you know Kyle Shanahan Sean McVay really excited to kind of continue to see those matchups for the next couple years and what we're going to do is we're going to step aside really quick we're going to get another word from some sponsors but I want to ask you a couple questions about those future matchups when we come back so More with Locked On Crossover after this.
1: So this 49ers-Rams game is no longer in prime time, but if you wanted to go to the game, you got to check out Vivid Seats. We all love a good night out. We all love going to see our favorite band or going to see our favorite football team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events You want to go to and you can sort by price, sort by seats, or in the section or row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more so you can save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater tickets and more. Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more for new customers of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event or get to the game.
0: All right. We are back. Third and final segment of the crossover edition. Always super fun. Guys, go make sure to give us both a follow on Twitter, Instagram, wherever we are. Locked on Rams, locked on 49ers. Brian, what's your personal Twitter?
1: You can find me at BD Peacock. That's where you can find me on Twitter.
0: Awesome. I'm at LA underscore rambling bear. We're on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you can find podcasts. Go give us a download. Go share. Go subscribe. All that good stuff. Yes. We really, really, really appreciate it. Um, but we kind of left the last segment talking about uh, you had said, you know, it's really fun to watch these matchups with Kyle Shanahan and McVay. And I know Sean has been so critical of himself, even as they're undefeated. He always is. He, in this last game, he said, you know, I failed them a couple times with some of my play calling. We really should have you know, ha- had that game in hand way earlier and it should never been an issue where they were kicking an onside kick to potentially, you know, try to come back and win. And I'm curious, how has Kyle handled, you know, basically this this really slow start and unfortunately, you know, with a big injury and just not what he probably envisioned uh, coming into this year as this was kind of like, yes, we've got all the pieces, we've got Richard Sherman, we're excited about things and it hasn't gone his way. What's his message been? to the team and actually to the media or anybody that's asking.
1: One of the things I've loved about Kyle Shanahan since he's come to San Francisco and, and similarly, GM John Lynch is they're really honest. And so he doesn't try to sugarcoat stuff. And a lot of questions these days, he has to kind of deflect because, uh, you know, things aren't going great, but he'll tell you straight. He'll tell you exactly what the read is. He'll tell you exactly what the play call was and, and sometimes over explain it and, and not really put it in layman's, layman's terms, which I love. And sometimes there's been a few reporters that have asked him questions and he's kind of just shut him up because of the <laughs> the way he's he'll tell you straight and he'll tell you what it is and, and tell you what the score is. And I love that. And he'll tell you about when his players CJ Bethard last week, he threw that interception on the last play on that last drive when the 49ers ended up giving the ball back and an interception. And then Aaron Rodgers did his thing in the final minute to come down and score. And he was like, yeah, he made the wrong read that he's not supposed to throw that ball. And so. He, he tells it straight and it's been a rough go because he hasn't had a lot of good things to talk about. And I think he would probably be a lot like McShea or uh, Sean McVeigh in the way that he would probably deflect praise and, t- and, you know, and, 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 and t- talk about the things that could go better, but he's had to do the opposite and talk about why things have gone wrong and what could go better. And that, you know, they're, they're still trying and he's been trying to protect Robert Sala from some of the criticism he's gotten And so it's been a rough go, and I think it's one of those things where you can see why a head coach can turn gray really quick because he's a young head coach. These are two of the youngest head coaches in the league, and uh, you you can see where he could turn gray and start looking a little bit older really quick because you start mounting up losses, and and it can be tough. But he's handled it about as well as you could ask a head coach to handle things. And so uh, that's been a plus, I think, for the 49ers, and I think they'll get things straight, and you can – Really, especially on the offensive side of the ball, you can see that development start to happen. You can see the offensive line really starting to play well. Seeing uh, CJ Beathard start to develop as a quarterback has been a nice bonus because I wasn't so sure about him for a while. And he's at least looking like he could be a serviceable backup for a long time. And if he continues to play like he did against Green Bay, maybe, you know, he'll have some value to another team at some point. And I'm not going to, you know, say he's going to be the next Jimmy Garoppolo or anything like that. But Uh, The development of the offensive side of the ball, I think they could use a few more bullets, a few more weapons on offense, especially in the passing game, which would help. And so it gets a few guys open a little bit earlier. But as far as Kyle Shanahan goes, uh, definitely no complaints on my end. The one thing that I think, which is interesting comparing, uh, and it's probably a lot of the same stuff with Sean McVay as it is with Kyle Shanahan, is how aggressive he is. And uh, usually Mm -hmm. you get the criticism of coaches is you'd run it three times into a brick wall and you're like, God, why don't you throw the ball once in a while? And, you know, playing right to lose Kyle Shanahan's completely opposite. He's completely aggressive. Uh, there was a play where he threw the ball on second and three and it ended up getting batted down and the clock didn't run. The 49ers had three timeouts and everyone's saying, Oh man, you got to run the ball there. And that's pretty rare that you're telling the head coach to run them a game. Yet that's where we are with Kyle Shanahan. And that's where he, that's what he's always been. And that's who he was when, uh, they lost the Super Bowl being up twenty eight to three. He's aggressive. He's trying to go win the game. He's not trying to play to not lose it.
0: Yeah, and I think that uh, was a good point you said right at the end. But I think that's maybe where he really instilled like I'm going to be this way from here on out. Like I will always be aggressive. And they did start to get a little conservative in that Super Bowl game. And I think that yeah, was might be the end of it. Right? He's going to be like I'm going to live <laughs> aggressive and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to die trying. And I love that about Sean McVay too. And um, you know, we, we talked about that fourth and one earlier and, and I'll go back to it again briefly, but he, you know, he came off and he said, I preach aggressiveness and trusting my players and all this. And so when we had another opportunity to think about it, he's like, it almost was a no brainer to go and just, you know, if we can't go get six inches and I can't trust my guys in this offense line, that's, you know, played so well, uh, this early in the season to go get six inches, then what, you know, what am I preaching? I got to go live it. So, uh, you've seen it both as, like you said, with Kyle and then Sean kind of doing the same thing. Two young two young coaches, you mentioned two youngest in the game right now, uh, have long careers ahead of them. Is there any hot seat talk for you guys right now? Or people are understanding the situation and they, they really think they've got it in John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. Or is that even... I know you mentioned it for the D coordinator, but is that where it stops?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It, it's And nothing. they're not going to make any changes. And they have six-year contracts, and I know that stuff can get torn up really quick. But if they don't start winning some games in year three, I think they could start to actually right. be under the hot seat. But as far as right now, no. Once Jimmy Garoppolo went down, I think it was a situation where no matter what happened with wins and losses this year, uh, they're going to be totally fine. And as long as you see some development with guys, that's where we're at right now with the 49ers is just watching that development. So... Any hot seat talk, maybe defensive coordinator, just because they're all so young and first time head coach, first time defensive coordinator, first time GM. There's going to be some growing pains, uh, but definitely nothing serious when it comes to the hot seat, although there are some fans and there's always going to be those fans that that are definitely starting to question things, especially from the top down. Their draft looked great in 2017, and now it's starting to look not as good when you see someone like Solomon Thomas, who's picked number three overall as a defensive end. He's not uh, an edge rusher and they're not really using him inside on passing downs either. He's become just a a base-down defensive end. And then Akella Witherspoon hasn't developed on the other side of Richard Sherman as as fast and as well as a lot of fans would have hoped. So the draft starts to not look as good as it once did, and so people are questioning John Lynch too. But uh, Mm -hmm. none of that hot seat talk is is at all serious at this point. If the 49ers come out next year and they're in the same boat again and start losing, especially with Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, I, I think that could potentially get a lot more serious but right now no not at all
0: yeah there's some good points in the draft and you know I mean the way this is going you'll guys will have another good draft pick so you know you can fill some of those slots and and like you said though it could be one of those things where uh you get a chance to you know see some really good high draft picks and hopefully hit on some uh, because that's what the Rams you know were able to do I think is really what hits this team is not always hitting even the the top of the draft but the middle and the, and the back of the draft ramps mm-hmm. ended up with uh, 11 draft picks and 10 made the team. And we're really excited about a lot of them moving forward. But uh, the draft process is, is so fun to watch it play out because you don't know, <laughs> you know, you
1: just, Absolutely it's not.
0: never, it's not, there's no science behind it and it's just being able are you good at it? Are you not? we talked about this when I did lockdown Broncos and how John Elway ha- is one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, but, he hasn't been able to draft a quarterback. He's drafted a few that he's missed on. And it's kind of ironic. You're yeah. thinking, man, this guy was the best in that position. And you think he'd be able to see some talent, but um, you know, there's just things that you're gonna hit and some some you're gonna miss, but you never want that to happen in your draft. You guys, I think you mentioned earlier too, a wide receiver, big time wide receiver would be big for you guys. I really thought you were gonna make a run at either Josh Gordon or Des Bryant or one of those kind of big names that was floating around that may be joining someone. We, we at Rams podcast and lockdown Rams, we were always kind of when Jimmy G was still healthy, he was like, man, if he can get one of those big time guys that he can just throw the ball down the field to, he's got some speedsters, but that, that big number one, I think will be something important for you guys too moving forward.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you, when we start talking about the draft with the 49ers, uh, it's it's almost draft season already. And I know when you're five and zero, oh, right, it's, it's not so much that way. But 49ers fans are already starting to look to the draft, so we're doing a little bit of that already, which is which kind of tells you where the, the 49ers season is going. All right. Well, we've got to get to some predictions here before uh, we finish this thing up. Um, the my bookie line, as I mentioned before, is Rams favored by 10. Uh, where do you see this game? Do you think the 49ers are going to or do you think the uh, the Rams are going to win by that much?
0: You know, I wish. I. W- I mean, it's. It's. That's a tough line, right? Because you know, you have confidence in your team, but the last few weeks, as I mentioned, has been really close. And I could see this where uh, we do win by ten, and then I could see this thing being a field goal game at the end, or you know, maybe the Niners put up a late touchdown to put it within three. If I'm putting money on this game, I think the Rams win the game. I think. Um, you know, if you're going to be as good as you think you are, you have to go beat a team that has one win, right? That you just have to do that. Mm -hmm. You have to beat teams that you're supposed to beat when their number one quarterback is out and they're banged up a little bit on defense. And, you know, you gotta be able to do that. And so 10 points might be tough, especially looking at the past week. So I would, I would take the Niners with the spread, but Rams to, to win the game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've got something like 31-27 Rams. I think the the 49ers, the way they played last week if they continue on that trend, uh will definitely cover that 10 points, but you definitely uh, you know, you can't I can't predict a 49ers upset over the Rams. Although, uh, it would be a great exclamation point and, and start an easier part of the schedule for the 49ers and maybe they could start winning a few games and uh and and who knows salvage something from a respect standpoint. I don't think there's any playoffs in the future for the 49ers at 1 and 5. But I think they can be respectable here on out if if things continue like they played in Green Bay. So I'm going to say 31-27, Rams. But I could also see that scenario where things do go south and and the 49ers do lose by double digits.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm almost spot on with your exact prediction. I, I you know I'd maybe I maybe have it right in that range of 34-28, something like that. And seeing the Rams get back to putting up 30 points a game, that's what they we're used to seeing the last output in Denver was the lowest uh, points that Sean McVay's put up in his whole career with the Rams so far so uh, we'll see if he can turn it around and get back up to the 30 point mark and and like you said this could be one of those motivation games where Kyle Shanahan gets the boys ready and says hey you know you're looking at a record you feel like we have nothing to play for but let's go beat the best team in the NFL right now Uh, and I think that's why we'll be close so uh, Brian, always a great time. We get to have a chat. I look forward to our next one uh, crossover uh, when you guys come down at the end of the year. And, and I'm sure we can have some more draft talk then and some more uh, see where this, this thing is going. And uh, But really appreciate it, guys. Make sure to go give everyone a follow at Lockdown Rams, at Lockdown 49ers. And then subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. Any feedback. Always love interacting with all of you guys, and I'm sure Brian does too. But thanks again, Brian, for your time. And uh, I look forward to it. Best of luck after Sunday.
1: Yes, absolutely. Best of luck after the game on Sunday. And always a pleasure talking to you. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On 49ers. Thanks to Brad for joining me here on this crossover episode. Thanks to everybody for listening. I will be back tomorrow with Dylan DeSimone of 4th and 9. We're going to get into all kinds of stuff. Some Solomon Thomas talk, some Mike McGlinchy talk and uh, look ahead to this matchup with the Rams on Sunday and look back a little bit at that Packers game since that one was was so much fun. A, l- a lot of points I still want to talk about with that one. All right, I will talk to you guys then right here on Lockdown 49ers.